It's hard to believe we're on the, on the verge, on the, on the edge of another year being over already. It just feels like we just started 2023 the other day, and now tomorrow is 2024. We're going to see the ball drop tonight if you stay up that late and all that stuff, and it just, it's hard to believe. I uh, say time flies, you're having fun, but there's <coughs> some of the stuff has been fun this year. Some of the stuff may have not been that fun for some of you this year. Uh, there's been some really good things happen, and there's been some challenges happen in your lives, and uh, but there's also been many, many blessings, amen? But, uh, you know, sometimes when we're going through challenges, not all challenges are bad. Do you know that? Now, I ho- hope you're, you still love me when I'm done this, but I mean, this is in the Bible, okay? I do like preaching sermons that hype you up and get you all hyper and excited and want to hug me after, like, yeah, yeah, I believe in God for the moon or whatever, but... um. But some of the challenges that you face in your life actually come from God. Not all of them. Some are from the hand of the enemy. And it's up to us to discern good and evil. And the Holy Spirit helped to tell us if it's from God. But some of them actually come from God. And it's in the Bible. And it's consistent from Genesis all the way through. And uh, I don't necessarily love this sermon myself either because I love the McDonald's or Burger King, whatever it is, have it your way. And as soon as you pray it, you have it. And like Daniel prayed and he was barely done his prayer and there all of a sudden Gabriel's there and he's telling all this downloaded stuff like, yeah, that's awesome. But his next time went on a 21-day fast, he had to wait 21 days until the same angel got there because it was things in the way that were hindering him from hearing God. God answered day one, but he didn't get the answer till later. There's, there's stuff in life that we don't always understand. And it, but it's important to process this with God. So we're going to look at this, look at James 1. <coughs> Excuse me. Just punched myself in the mouth with that. I really did. No blood, so that's okay. I felt like back in hockey season or something. James 1, 2 through 8. The other day I was, I guess this annoying cough, you know, and you guys have heard it. I'm sorry. I'm going to try to move the mic quick enough every time. And I'm believing for it to go <coughs> as fast as possible. <coughs> but the other day I rolled over to get something to bed. And I had one of those little sharp coughs and next thing you know I popped a rib <laughs> I was like that kind of hurt I think it popped back in place but anyway um, sometimes when we pray we've seen it here we have instantaneous results we see people healed of all kinds of things here we've seen people's arches form in their feet that never had arches we've had people healed of color blindness we've had people healed their, their, their leg grew out an inch or two we've seen amazing things in this room upstairs all through the church and other places when we travel but sometimes we also pray and it doesn't happen instantly. And I hate that, honestly, to be honest. God knows that. Uh, and he knows you don't like it either. But there's something in the waiting, and there's something in the standing, there's something in the believing God for whatever it is you're believing God for that will make you stronger in the end. And again, this is not a message that is, I love to preach myself because I love the cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. I prayed five minutes. I got what I wanted. Yeah, let's go. Let's keep going with the next thing we're going to believe God for. And God does all those things. He really does. We've all had prayer where it happened instantly. And before you could even get the words out of your mouth, the phone rang or something happened and whatever. There's other times you have to stand on the promises of God and it's harder. Isn't it? Come on, are you guys with me? All right, if you're not with me yet, you will be, because I'm going to share some stuff today. I'm going to share a story with you <coughs> I've never told the church before. I, never, I, don't, I think Holly probably the only one I've ever told it to, about just something struggle I've had with believing God for a healing in, in my ear, but I'll get to that later. But uh, James 1, 2 through 8, it says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Put that on a t-shirt, all right? 
because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. In other words, there's patience. Uh, let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, <coughs> and it will be given to you. When you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. So it says, consider, <coughs> consider pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Okay, that's a strange saying right there to me, okay? When I think of uh, pure joy, the first thing that doesn't come to my mind is, is not trials. I'm thinking like Christmas, birthdays, anniversaries, vacations, maybe fishing trips, golfing, hunting trips, shooting a big monster buck or something. Like, whoa, you're just like, yeah, pure joy, you're just so excited. But, you know, <clears throat> I don't think trials or tests even meet the top 10 on my list. It's probably not even on my list. Uh, when you go through a trial and a test, it doesn't feel like pure joy. But it didn't say it's going to feel like pure joy. It said count it as pure joy or consider it like pure joy because it might not feel good, but it's good for you. There's many things in our life that are good for us that don't taste good. I've heard someone say, the worse it tastes, the probably the better it is for you. I don't know if that's true or not, but some things I've tried, come on, eat this, it's good for you. Whether it's vegetables or whatever, or whatever stuff, they try to give you vitamins or whatever. You, I don't know, they, they've given you some weird things over the years. My grandmother used to give me worm medication and stuff, and we put it in tang and stuff. Only me and Robin, I think, your, your mother, yes, that's my mom back there. Your mother did that to us. She thought, we were so hyper, I guess she thought we had worms. But, but anyway, um, Tasted some pretty terrible things, and uh, but they said no, just just eat it. It's good for you. They used to drink what, what they used to uh, uh, some kind of oil. They used to make you get castor oil or something. My gosh, that can't taste very good. Then let me try some WD forty with that too, or some ten W thirty. I mean, wow. Uh, I mean, but usually they say it's good for you. You know, uh, going to the gym sometimes. The Bible even says that's good for you. But at the gym, it doesn't always feel good for you, especially if you've seen those videos where the people don't know how to use the machinery and they're on it like backwards or something and next thing you know, they're like hung up here and they're dangling by their leg or something. That wouldn't feel good. But, but even when you're doing it the right way, some of those exercises, they don't feel very good. And then the next day you get home and you're like, it doesn't feel very good. We just played shuffleboard at Mama's place. It was 75 one day. It was nice. A couple of our boys took their shirts off, and all these retired old ladies kept stopping by and watching for a while. It was quite funny. <laughs> they hadn't seen any young people there for a while. I thought that was hilarious. But anyway, I was just playing shuffleboard, and I was doing this deep knee band as I'm throwing the disc thing. And it's, the game's a lot harder than it looks. I don't know if you ever tried it. It's actually pretty fun. And uh, the next day... My butt cheek was sore from doing this deep knee band for playing shuffleboard. I was like, man, I need to be retired or something to, to do something. I, I, I haven't used that muscle in a while. I couldn't believe it. But, you know, just because something is hard or something is painful doesn't mean it's not good for you. And, you know, sometimes in life, we only want to, you know, the, the whole society wants you to paint this picture. If it feels good, do it. If it feels good, do it. But, you know, there's a lot of things that are good for you that doesn't feel good. 
And you know, if we want to live a life that only feels good, we're going to, if we want to do, live a life where we're stronger, we're going to have to exercise, do other things to be stronger. It doesn't feel good, but it makes you stronger. At the same time, if you only do things that make you feel good, you're going to be weaker and weaker and weaker, whether physically, emotionally, spiritually, whatever. If you're only going to do what feels good, it's not going to be good. Amen? Uh, amen? I mean, it's just not going to be. So... Uh, it says, it says here, um, verse three, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. So in context, the trial or the testing is good for you and me because it produces something in us that's not there right now, but it will produce something later called perseverance. Okay, and perseverance has other words. I'll read this to you in the Amplified Version. Be assured and understand that the, the trial and proving of your faith bring out endurance, steadfastness, and patience. There's a word everybody loves to hear, right? Preach a sermon on patience, and you're not going to get too many downloads or listens to or your follow-up later. Uh, the word, people don't like to hear it. Read the scriptures or something. They say, brother, don't pray for patience because God's going to test you in it. Oh, my gosh. Well, guess what? He's going to test you in it anyway. This said right here, he's going to test you. He's going to test your faith because as he tests your faith, it's going to bring more patience in your life. And if you bring more patience in your life, you're going to be perfect and complete, not lacking anything. Like, oh, I don't want to be tested, brother. Well, you have no choice. You have no choice at all. You're going to be. But how you're going to go through it, that is a choice. Amen? So, uh, Again, I gotta skip through here so I just found my vegetable comment there. But, but there are things in our life that don't feel good, but they're good for us. And God, because he loves us, he's a big picture of our life. There's sometimes when you pray, he doesn't do the slot machine, cha-ching, cha-ching, and you get it right then and there on the spot. It doesn't mean you're not going to get it. It doesn't mean it's not his will. It doesn't mean it's not his plan. But the word of the Lord is gonna be tested in your life. Your faith will be tested in your life. The prophecies over your life, your future destiny, your calling, is going to be tested in your life. God's going to speak to you and say, you're, you're prosperous, you're abundant, you're, you're going to be independently wealthy and all stuff while you don't have two nickels to rub together. And that's when he'll tell you. Right? And what do you tell Abraham? You're going to be the father of many nations, but he had no kids. While his wife's barren for 24 years, while people are having kids all around him, you're the father of many nations. Look up. That's how many kids you're going to have. Look at this land. That's how many kids you're going to have. That's your inheritance. And every day, he's like, I got no one to leave my stuff to when I die. I don't even have a kid. The word of the Lord will be tested in our lives. Amen? And what are you going to do during that test? So James 1, 2, and 3. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. There's different kinds of trials. Okay? Because you know that the test of your faith produces perseverance. The word trial here is not the trial like you have in a court case, like you have on TV with they go to court and trial and stuff like that. This is a trial or a test, something that is challenging that you're going through in your life. Something that you wish you didn't have to go through, something that you wish this was someone else's burden to bear or whatever, something you don't want to do, something that's hard for you, is something you're going to go through. Okay? Now, I'm not, there are limits to this. I'm not saying every, because not everything does come from God. Okay, but some of them, they do. And we gotta pray and figure that out. So when uh, what is being tested here? What does it say? It says our faith is being tested. Our faith is being tested. The promises of God in our life will be tested. Like I said, the, the prophecies in our life will be tested because after our faith has been tested, it becomes stronger and stronger and you become stronger and stronger, which is ultimately the goal of the Father is for you to be strong. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. 
Amen? He wants you to be strong, not double-minded and wishy-washy and unstable in all you do, like you're walking on the cruise ship. Some of those days we couldn't even walk straight. We're like, whoa, whoa. Uh, you're unstable in all you do because you, one, day, one day you're believing this and one day you're believing that. It is God's will. It's not God's will. And you're over here and over there and your life's unstable. But he doesn't want your faith to be unstable. He doesn't want you to be unstable. He wants you to have faith that's going to be developed through patience until it becomes maturity, until you're not lacking anything. Amen. The promises are still yes and amen, but sometimes there's going to be a delay. And in the delay is when your faith is really tested. Is it really God's will? Does God really love me? Did God really hear me when I pray? Did God really this or that? Uh, the Bible says that you will, you will receive what you ask for in prayer if you don't cave in, if you don't quit, and if you don't give up. Galatians 6, 9, I'll show you this. Let not, let not become <coughs> weary in doing good, for at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. When you watch those videos and movies of people that were under tremendous stress, pressures, and trials, whether it's sports videos or whatever, and they finally make it at the end, and they finally persevere, uh, thinking of Rudy, you know, like the football one. The guy who was trying, trying to play for Notre Dame, he couldn't even get on the field. He probably barely made it to the practice squad. But the very final play of the game they let him in. He, I don't know if it really happened, but in the movie, he got a sack on the final play of the game. And then they carried the guy off the field, which actually was true. The guy never got to really play. His name barely made it into the record book. And they carried that guy off of the field because of their respect for him that he would never give up and quit. You can't, if you, I don't really like football or not, you can't watch that movie without being inspired by his perseverance. Not getting hardly any sleep. Studying to get his good grades up. Getting beat up by guys twice his size and strength. He's not going to quit. You know what? God wants you to be like that. No matter what you go through, you can walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I'm not going to fear evil because God is with me. Amen? That's what he wants your faith to be like, not wishy-washy and double-minded and unstable. James 1.4, we'll go back to this. Let perseverance finish its work. The word perseverance there is patience. Let patience finish its work so you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So, Patience has a part to play in our maturity. Man, I wish I was preaching something else right now. I don't know if you guys are liking this. <laughs> Patience has a part, needs to finish its work in your life so that you can be mature, you can be complete, and not lacking anything. Amen. Preaching good, pastor. I mean, God said it on me. I'm just, I'm just the messenger. Don't shoot the messenger. So, um, this might not be a message you want to hear. It might not want to make you shout glory hallelujah, but I'm telling you, it's the truth that will set you free. Because during, during the season in the night, when you're believing God for your child to get saved, or you're believing God for your child to be healed, or you're believing God for your marriage, you're believing God for your finances, you're believing God for your health, whatever, and in the night you're hearing the, the devil come and whisper stuff in your ear that God doesn't love you. This isn't going to happen. Your prayers aren't powerful and effective. No one can, God doesn't care about you. If he really loved you, he would have did this, this, and this a long time ago. You can forget about that. That's not going to happen in your life. And when he's speaking that stuff, you've got to have something to say in response. And that something to say in response needs to come from the word of God, not fear, unbelief in your emotions you have something to say amen I hope you have something to say right now as I'm going through this with you for, for the first three verses James talks about our faith being tested by patience and in the next five verses he talks about faith and faith and faith let me show you this James 1 5 and 8 
5.3.8. If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. That doesn't sound like much about patience in there. That, when I read that, I'm thinking instantaneously or right away, this is coming, okay? The, the verse um, is a faith builder for sure in the area of wisdom. You don't have to ever doubt in your life if it's God's will to give you wisdom, do you? Just from this one verse. And you can find other verses in Proverbs, other places too. But this one verse, when you read it and you need wisdom, you can have faith and confidence that it is God's will for you to have wisdom, do you, Right? So when you read that, you're like, oh yeah, all right, all right, awesome. It sounds instantaneously, I like it. But then James goes on to put some qualifiers on this, which everybody loves. When you ask, you must believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Wait a minute, I thought we were just talking about wisdom. Only talking about wisdom before that. Now he says that person is double-minded, unstable, wishy-washy with his faith and asking. He says he's not going to receive anything. You're not going to receive salvation. You're not going to receive healing. You're not going to receive a donut. You're not going to receive anything. You're asking nothing. So this is a pretty important lesson in the area of faith, isn't it? Amen? Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. So first James tells us it's God's will to give us generously without finding fault, wisdom, almost sounds like instantaneously. But then he says, but guess what? When you do, you can't doubt, you gotta believe. And then he says, or else you're not gonna get anything from God. So the context here first starts out with wisdom, but then he expands the context by saying anything. Anything you ask for, anything. So it's an important lesson here about faith because, um, I'm gonna skip down a little bit here. Verse seven said, oh, I just said that, sorry. Uh, this lesson isn't only about wisdom anymore. It's now about how to receive things from God. And you, but you can't just read five, six, seven, and eight and not read two, three, and four and not put the whole thing in context together to, to, to receive. Because we skip the first part, like, well, look at that. I just don't doubt. I got it right away. Wisdom and whatever else I'm asking for prayer, I got it. But the very first three verses that we read talked about patience. Patience is going to test if you really believe it or not. It's easy to believe for five minutes. It's easy to believe when you get a prophetic word and the angels are, are shining and singing and the, the, the music's choir going and the choir ropes are flowing and all this stuff's happening. Like, it's easy to be, oh yeah, God loves me. Yeah, that's great. Then you go home and you kick the cat and you fall down the stairs or whatever else happens in your life. And then, hmm, that's a direct opposite of what that guy just prophesied over me. That guy must have been way off. Andrew, Andrew Eastman, he was way off on that one. I don't know what he's talking about. And guess what's being tested? How you listen? What's being tested? Your faith. By patience. It's most likely not going to happen overnight. Anything. Some things will, I'm not talking about praying for healing and stuff like that. They happen a lot instantly. Sometimes they are gradually. But it, in the Bible, it is clear, in my opinion, very clear, it is God's will for us to be healed. Even unsaved people that have studied the Bible, Old and New Testament, can, and scholars have gone through and read, the, read it and came to the same conclusion. From the word of God, it's clear that it's God's will to be healed. But guess what? When you're going through a trial and a test like Debbie Edwards and Terry had before that, and we don't understand why and the delays and the this and the that and whatever, guess what's going to happen to your faith? It's either going to be double-minded and wishy-washy and back and forth because you're, you're in the middle of it. Or you got to 
Fix your mind on something different. Even in the middle of your, of your sickness, even in the middle of the pain, even in the middle of something, you gotta fix your mind or, or something on the rock of Christ. Well, what did God say? What did he say? Because you can be healed and sick at the same time. And that's a dilemma. That's a dilemma to our faith. And which one are we gonna believe? The word of God says, by his stripes you were healed. You were healed before you were even born. Jesus bore our sicknesses in his own body on the cross. It's clear all through Exodus, Isaiah, Psalms, Proverbs, it's all the way, Matthew, Mark, Luke, all the way through. It's clear what God's will, he surely he bore our sins and carried away our diseases. But guess what? I've been battling this thing for six weeks or so. Well, I didn't do the math on it yet since before Thanksgiving. And I absolutely hate it. I'm praying. I'm confessing the word. I'm eating vitamins. I haven't had any sugar. I actually lost weight on a cruise, which I thought was impossible to do. I'm down 10 pounds or more, and I don't care about that part of it. But, uh, but um, it's been a challenge. But guess what's being tested? My faith. All right, preachers, it's easy to preach those words. It's easy to preach those stories. It's easy to preach that stuff. What are you going to believe when it comes to in your house? What are you gonna believe what happens to your child or your family member? What are you, you gonna stand on? The double-minded wishy-washiness of whatever religion tells you or what thus saith the Lord of hosts? You know, um, this message of believing by faith and patience and not, and if you don't doubt, like he said there in, in James, uh, is very consistent with the Bible. Think of this one in Mark eleven twenty three. For surely I say to you, whosoever says this mountain be removed and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Who said that? I know Mark wrote it. Who said it? It's Jesus. If it was, we had a red version, it'd be red on there. That is a crazy promise right there. If you meditate on what he's saying there, he says, if you believe and you don't doubt, you can have anything you say. Well, guess what? We gotta be careful what we say because sometimes we are getting the stuff that we say. All right, um, another one, Matthew 21, 21. So Jesus answered and said to them, surely I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to this fig tree, but you will also say this mountain to be removed and cast in the sea and it will be done. Okay, this is not a one-time scripture taken out of context. There's three Counting James, it's three examples where it says, you can receive anything you ask for in prayer if you don't doubt it and if you believe. But then James has another part in the first verses that we're talking about our faith being tested and about patience and all that kind of stuff. I like the other ones better. Don't you? My flesh does. But because God loves me, sometimes he makes me wait. Amen? And in a challenge, while you're waiting... Is, is God still good? Does God still love me? Did I really hear God? Is that promise really true? Or am I just imagining this? Is that just a, a figment in my imagination? So James has given us a lesson on faith and receiving from God. We must believe and not doubt and, uh, when we ask God for something. But again, the first three verses said we have to, our faith will be tested by patience. So it is true, we must believe God, not doubt, but it's also true that your faith will be tested. So what we do during the delay is a big thing. It's, it's a matter of if you're gonna receive or not. Because sometimes during the delay, we get weary and we just give up and say, you know what, forget it. I guess God doesn't 
care about that. I mean, he's too busy with something else, or this is what they're praying for is more important, or they need it more than I do, and whatever. And we start doing this justification thing in our brain to try to understand what's going on in the spirit realm that we can't get. And all we come up with all these reasonings that produce doubt in our lives, and none of them have anything to do with the Word of God. It has everything to do with our feelings and our emotions and or how we look to somebody else. And But if we don't give up and quit... Galatians said, "You're gonna have it. You're gonna have this. You're gonna have this harvest. So either way, uh, either by becoming weary or believing, yeah, it isn't God's will. Either one, we can give up when there's a delay. Let me give you an example of my life. This is a story I was mentioning earlier. So some of you know, some of you probably don't know, but my right ear, I don't hear as good as my left ear, and I don't like that. And it's been like that. I don't even know how long. It's been. It feels like forever, but it wasn't forever. But um." In 98, we moved across, North started working there, got health insurance. We went, I went to Boone to the ear, nose, and throat doctor, and he did that tuning fork thing by my ear. And I could hear it. I mean, it's not deaf, but it's just not as good as the other one. And so then he put the tuning fork under my ear and like put it there, and I could hear it like a whole lot louder. And I was like, oh, okay. And he's, uh, he's like, well, what you need? You need to have surgery on this ear. What's happening is your eardrum's not vibrating like it's supposed to, and you're, not, you're just not getting the sound. He said, I can do that surgery for you, no problem, but just so you know, once we do it, your hearing out of that ear is going to be really tinny. And I was like, hmm, well, I don't really want it to be tinny. And then two, I was like, I want to believe God for my healing. So I started getting scripture verses out on healing. I prayed for deaf people before to be healed. Rose was, you were there, Rose was totally deaf. She was healed. It wasn't like I prayed, but I, I did pray, but of course God did it. I mean, I've seen, well, I've seen it. So anyway, um, so I started praying and believing God, get my scriptures together and confessing stuff over my ear and speaking life. And he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And just different verses I was thinking of. And, uh, but, you know, after a while, in the, in the delay, days turn to weeks, weeks turn to months, months turns to years, and you really sometimes just stop thinking about it. And you learn to adapt and go on and just don't think about it. And there was times... Uh, there was, for me, shame attached to this for whatever reason. I did, uh, often, when even in services, uh, places, they call out someone's right ear. I was too embarrassed to stand up because I was believing God for myself, whatever. I wouldn't want to, I don't know. It's, I know it sounds foolish, but just that's what I did. Um, we had people right in here probably call it someone's right ear. And, and honestly, sometimes I was so used to it. I didn't even, I'd have to have Holly poke me to say, that's probably you. I'm like, oh, well, I didn't even think about it. So, <clears throat> but after a while, you just start getting used to it. But I was very self-conscious about it, too. I remember one time in youth group years ago, right here on stage behind me, one of the girls was talking to me, and I, I didn't hear her. And she thought I did, and she thought I ignored her. And she like, ran out of the room crying. And her family was there, and they were mad at me, and I felt like garbage. And I didn't hear. I just didn't hear. But I'd never told anybody that I didn't hear the ear because I was too over-self-conscious about it. And then sometimes at home, the kids would tease me about it because wouldn't, I wouldn't hear them say this or that or whatever, and not hatefully or whatever, just playfully, but when you're self-conscious about something, even playful banter and joking, it kind of strikes a little nerve deep inside of pain. Anybody? Can You guys can relate? Anything? All right. So uh, fast forward 15 years later, we went on our trip to Brazil. Holly and I took 
that year, uh, Jessica and Brittany Brendel back then and their son Jordan went to Brazil. And one of our first nights there, they had this huge coliseum. It was like 40 people, 40,000 people there, 40 people, 40,000 people there. And our group from America were the ministry team, about 150 of us or so. And Randy Clark was up front preaching, and he's calling out words of knowledge. And I'm, we're sitting way back at the, with a front row, but across the field from where the stage was. And uh, he called out a right ear. And I'm like, well, I could get away with it there. It's like 40,000 plus us there, and like no one's going to really notice. So I, I, this sounds, uh, anyway, whatever it is, it is what it is. So I uh, put my hand on my ear. He's praying up front. All of a sudden, boom, my ear opened. And it was like, it was already so loud in there. Anyway, Brazilians love their music loud, don't they, Jillian? I mean, it's they, so loud. I mean, it's like, like, move your hair back, it's loud. And it was already loud, but all of a sudden, it just got really louder. And the Brazilians are yelling and screaming, and they're, they're getting healed and stuff. And Holly's beside me, I said, my ear just opened up. She goes, really? Yeah, I go, whisper something in my ear. She's whispering away, just, I don't remember, she said Jesus or whatever. I'm repeating back every word she says. I'm just like, yeah, 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 hallelujah, that's awesome. Praise God, I'm healed. And... um so I, I was good. The rest of the trip, I was good. I came back home. Uh, after the trip was over, we seen so many miracles. I can't even remember them all. Just lame walking. The first two people Jordan prayed for that night were both totally blind. God healed them. They're reading, they're reading uh, billboards across the other side of the stadium. They're reading them. And just, they, they've been blind before. Older ladies, too. So it, doesn't, it wasn't just blind from elder, being elderly. So anyway, we get home. And... Uh, our other three children were in Canada with Holly's parents, and we were just waiting past the Sunday so we could share our testimony to go to, to go Canada to meet up with them. And uh, it was I think it was like Friday or Saturday night, we went to go to Boone to the movies to go see um, 2013. It was uh, The Lone Ranger. Anyone saw that one? You know, we saw that one. So we're watching The Lone Ranger, three of us in there in Boone, and um, halfway through the movie, my ear stopped up again. Just like, boom. Like, I was like, what happened? What happened? And it totally, I couldn't hear anymore out of that. Not anymore, but I couldn't hear like I was before. It went back to like it was before I went to Brazil. To this day, it's still like that. It's been 25 years now total since the 98 visit. And I've never told that story in here before. Because you know why? I don't like that story. I don't like it. Um, I like the other ones better. That, you know, yeah. But guess what's being tested? It's like my face being tested. Who do you really say that I am, Ryan? It's easy to preach a sermon, and you can, there's plenty of scripture verses, Old and New Testament talk about the healing power of Jesus. Even without reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, there's plenty of stories of the healing power of God flowing through people. I've seen, honestly, more than a 1,000 people healed from myself praying. I mean, God, of course, did all of them. I've seen them. But then my own ear is like messed up in some ways. And so I'm saying this to say this. In the time of delay, your faith is going to be tested by patience. It's going to be del- who is God really to you? Does God really care? Does God really listen to me? Is he really going to answer this prayer? And guess what? Um, what we say to that, what we do in that matter is going to matter how much our faith grows. Because really what we're really questioning is the character and nature of God and his word. Okay, um, after a while, I, of course, I prayed about it, God, why this happened, I prayed to ask God this, I've, I don't have anything really, it seems spiritual, but I haven't really got any definite answers, and um, yeah, so over time, uh, the devil comes to me and tries to torment me with stuff, like, 
You can't even believe God for your right ear. How could you believe God if something really bad happened to one of your kids? Or what if you got cancer? You can't believe God for your right ear. How are you going to help if you had cancer or something? He's a jerk, just if you don't know it. He is absolutely evil. And he will come and whisper stuff in the night. Don't, you all have heard stuff like that before. I can't, and what's really on trial is not you so much as God. It's the same thing he said to Adam and Eve in the garden. Did God really say that? Did God really promise you that? Is that really in the New Testament? Oh, Jesus only healed these people in the Bible because he was trying to prove he was the Messiah. That is not true. That is not true. Amen? It's not true. So um, Galatians 6, 9 again says this. Not, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time you will reap a harvest if you do not give up. So again, it's clear from the word of God, it's God's will for us to be healed. But sometimes there's a delay. Think of King David. He was anointed as king of all of Israel. Not just part of it, all of it, when he was 13 to 15 years old. But he was 30 before he became king. Think of the life of Jesus, the son of God. The, the revelations he had, the downloads, the encounters with God he would have had when he was praying. Yet he had to wait till he was 30 to start his ministry. Can you imagine him at 22? God walking around on the planet, he's 22, I gotta wait eight more years. That's hard to understand that. Think of Elijah, I mean Abraham again. Had this, again, those promises, had to wait 24 years for his son, but guess what? Did God keep his word? He kept his word. And their faith was being tested with patience until it became perfect and mature, not lacking anything. So uh, let me give you an example from the Bible here. Another one. Um, actually, I want to say this part first. So um, what happens when we're in the delay mode is the enemy is going to try to come and bring a, a case against God to you. He'll bring a case against God to you. Um, you don't understand why things haven't happened yet. I don't understand why my ears did what it did. And he'll try, to, and he'll try to influence you in saying things that make you second guess the character and nature of God and his promises. So say, so God may do this for others, but he will not do that for you. Um, this, this must be your, your lot to bear. Or this must be your thorn in the flesh and other religious sayings that just aren't based on the word of God. That thorn in the flesh was a demonic spirit. It says a messenger of Satan. I don't know how much more clear it can be than that. But religion wants to say, see, he was sick. He, what did you think? He like, literally walked around with a thorn sticking out of his side. He couldn't get it out. He couldn't get the splinter out. I mean, no, it was a demonic spirit. It said a messenger of Satan. Anyway, sorry, that's a pet peeve of mine. But, um, or God must want me to suffer to teach me a lesson. No, you know what? Jesus suffered for you. There is some suffering in the Bible. There is some suffering in our lives. There's some stuff that we're suffering through, but it's not sickness and disease. He bore those. I want to clarify that. Anyway, these sayings are, are not, these sayings like the thorn in the flesh or whatever, they're not, they're not built on faith. They're built on personal experience during the delay. They prayed. They believed God. It didn't happen. And now their experience becomes their faith, not what God says. Okay, Or if you can't build a case against God to you because of your own fear of God or your own reverence for God or whatever, um, he'll build a case against you. You're just not good enough. If, you were, if you're good, God would have already done this. You have sin in your life. Your faith isn't good enough. You haven't prayed enough. You haven't read your Bible enough. Uh, you, uh, God won't, wouldn't heal you. God wouldn't help you. He doesn't really love you. And what's really being tested here? Your faith. 
your faith and the integrity and character of God and his word. Amen. Did God really say? Did God really love? Did God really care? Is God really going to do what he said he's going to do in your life? And guess what's happening in that time? Your faith is being refined in the fire and it's trying to come out on the other side stronger and better than it ever was before. But in that process of waiting, it's not fun sometimes, amen? Have you been there? Maybe you are there right now. It's not fun. There's mornings you don't want to get out of bed. Morning you don't want to do this. You don't want to read your Bible. You don't want to pray anymore. Like, my God, how many times I got to pray the same thing? Confess the same word. Confess the same thing. And nothing is changing. Nothing is shifting. And guess what? When you get to that place, it's not good. It's hard, though, but we've all been there. And somehow you got to shift from the negative perspective. And what did God say? And God is faithful. You know, because we basically believe that we stink as people in general, it's easy for the devil to come at us and say all these things and make us, well, this isn't happening in your life because you're no good. It's not because God's not good, because you're no good. But guess what? God knows everything about us before he made these promises. Amen? Are you guys okay? All right. So I want to share this with Deuteronomy 6.16. It says, you shall not tempt the Lord your God as you tempted him in Massa." Now, what happened in Massa? Massa was Exodus 17, 1 through 7. Tells the story of the children of Israel traveling through the desert. They stopped for rest. They stopped to get a drink of water. There was no water to drink. Okay? Uh, verse 3 said, The people thirsted there for water, and the people complained against Moses and said, Why is it you have brought us up out of Egypt to kill us and our children and our livestock with thirst? The people were upset. They even talked about stoning Moses. Moses was scared for his life. He sought the Lord for help. He said, you see that staff you had before? Take that and whack that big rock over there. And when you do, water's going to come out of that rock. Man, you'd have to know you heard God on that one, okay? You've got three million people and their animals that are starving for, really thirsty for water. And you're going to just take your rock, your stick, and go like whammo, and all of a sudden you're going to have enough water from a rock to, for three million people and their pets and their animals, you know? But He did. To his credit, he did. And that rock he struck, the Bible says the rock was Christ. And water flowed out of that rock, and not for all of them. But uh, verse 7 of this said, So he called the name of that place Massa and Meribah, because the contention of the children of Israel, because they tempted the Lord, saying, Is the Lord among us or not? And guys, that is the question we are all going to have to face when you're going through the valley of the shadow of death, when you're praying for something, believing God for your miracle, whatever it is. Is God with me or not? Is God for me or not? Is he on my side or not? And guess what? Your faith is going to be tested with patience. Amen. Amen. Uh, and also, you remember the story from Numbers 14. It says the children of Israel test tempted the Lord 10 different times. Okay, now a better word for tempted here is, is tested. They tested God, but they didn't entice God to do evil. And God tests us and he doesn't entice us to do evil. So a better word is tested. But they tested the Lord, they put the God to the test. Well, how did they test him? When they said, is God among us or not? You know how we test God? When we doubt his word and his promises in our life. Did God really say this? Did God say this? Is the Lord among us or not? Is God in me or not? Is it Christ in me or hope of glory or not? Or I didn't read my Bible today, so now everything bad's going to happen. Or I didn't pray enough today, so now everything's bad's going to happen. I opened a door to the devil to come in and crush me or whatever. And it's not based on the covenant promises and protection of the word, but on our feelings and emotions of how good we've done. That's righteousness conscious and sin conscious, not the glory of God conscious. Amen? 
I said that a little bit wrong, but I think you knew what I meant. Um, but their impatience and their thirst caused them to speak out against Moses and the Lord, and, um, and that's how they put him to test. They put God to the test with their, with their words, with their attitudes of doubt and unbelief that God doesn't care about their, them if they live or die, or if they're thirsty or not, that God doesn't really care. And they made these comments, and they said they tempted him or tested him. Have you done it? Yeah, we all have, right? So it's easy to believe God when everything is going great, isn't it? These guys just seen the 10 plagues happen in Egypt, but not in Goshen. They saw the Red Sea part like, ah, and they walk across on dry ground, maybe seeing fish in the water on the side, walking through, like, oh, man, this is awesome, high-fiving each other. They get to the other side, the, their enemies come in, the ones that used to beat them and whip them, and, and they're like, oh, yeah, that guy just died in the water, yeah. I mean, I don't know, just me, I might have been happy about that. Are you being real? Some of you are being too religious to be real. So a guy whipped you with a rod a bunch of times. You might be like, you might not say a lot, but, hmm, 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 Glad that one got it. All their enemies just died in the water. So maybe some of them left, might have been left on the other side. They were just delivered from slavery for 400 years of slavery. Now X number of days later, they're thirsty. And they're saying, is God among us or not? Do you bring us out here just to die? And the same thing happens in our lives. We have something that's an unmet need. Therefore, God must have left us. Therefore, God, uh, they become thirsty and they doubt if God was with them. They start saying that God brought them out to die. And it's the same thing that we do when we doubt the character and nature of God in our lives. We make ourselves the center of if our prayers are answered and not God the center if our prayers are answered. But some of the timing we have to release to the Lord. So... Um, we can say stuff like, where are you, God? Are you with me or not? You know, have you been there? Are you going to help me? You know, you're believing God for a husband, a wife. You're believing God for a job. You're believing God for a breakthrough. And it, it lasts more than a few days or a few weeks. <coughs> you can be like, God, are you with me? I hope my brother hears this. He's been believing God for a job now for, what is it, Mom, a year and a half? He's applied for over a hundred and something jobs. He's been denied every time. His wife applied for two and she went two for two. And he has to live with that. Now he loves her and he's happy for her, but it makes him still feel bad. And he has to go to God, like, what is this? And he's, and anyway, so we must recognize that these thoughts, these feelings we have during this time of waiting is a temptation. It's a temptation, doubting if God is with her or not, if, doubting if we're good enough, and doubting if we heard God or not. Is God really going to do what he said? And those temptations we're all going to face because our faith will be tested. And, uh, and we're going to have to figure out what we believe. Amen? So um, let me skip down a little bit because I probably didn't preach last week, so maybe I got too many notes. I don't know, but Hebrews 10.23 says this. Let us hold fast to the profession of our faith without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. The reason why he said that is because there's going to be a time delay in there that's going to give you opportunity for your faith to waver. Maybe not every time, but sometime along the way, there's going to be a delay of time that you'll have the opportunity to waver. He said, don't waver. Hold fast the confession of your faith. So I want to close with this, Hebrews 10, 35 and 36. Therefore do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. For you, you, have, you have need of endurance, so that after you've done the will of God, you may receive the promises, or the promise. 
um, in your life, I'm not sure what you're believing God for. Maybe there's something you stopped praying about like I did with, well, I didn't totally stop, but for seasons I stopped and started with my ear and things like that. Maybe there's things you stopped praying about with a family member, um, you know, a job thing, a work thing, a money thing, a debt thing, whatever, a health thing, whatever it is. And because the delay, we were, we're taking the assumption from the delay that that was God's answer to our prayer. But that's not a good assumption. I won't say what we do happens when we assume, but it doesn't work good for us, right? It's not a good assumption. What is a good assumption is what did God say? What did he say? And guess what? We're going to have to remind ourselves that every day of our lives because every day the trial or test could be different in some way or another. So I hope that was encouraging to you even though it wasn't uh, glamorous and flashy with, you know, have what you say and every time you pray it's going to happen and you know what? I've gone through seasons like that. I've prayed to people and they're all getting healed. I've gone through seasons where we're seeing all kinds of things and, and stuff. And then there's other seasons where it's like, geez, did I sin or what? Because nothing seems to be happening when I pray. And when that happens, I have to go home alone and get in my secret place the most high and ask God, what's going on? And I get my truth from him, not from my assumptions and my speculations and my trying to figure out what's going on. What is the truth of what you want me to know here? And get the, get the word in my heart. Because, again, the words in your life will be tested, the prophecies in your life will be tested, your faith will be tested. But when you're finished the test, it doesn't last forever. When you're finished the test, you will reap a harvest if you don't cave in, if you don't give up, if you don't quit, you will reap a harvest. Amen? Amen. We guys stand. There's a verse in Peter I was going to put in there, but I thought I got so many verses in there now, maybe I had too many, but it said, don't count it strange when you face fiery trials of many kind. Don't count it strange. It's going to happen. There's fiery trials, different things. Some of them you're right in the middle of, some you're in the middle of because you're connected through family or whatever, but don't count it strange. It's going to happen in our lives. I'm not talking about sickness and disease. I'm not speaking death and doom. I'm just saying there's, there's a lot of different kind of trials and things that happen. But don't count it strange, it's going to happen. But go to God and, be, and believe what he, don't doubt the character and nature of God when you're going through something hard because you need an answer. Get an answer from him. <coughs> God, thank you for your word. I thank you our faith is being strengthened for your glory. You are bringing us to a place <coughs> of maturity till we are complete or perfect, lacking nothing. And I thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you, God, sometimes there's delays. I thank you, God, that other times there's not. <laughs> but either way, whether it's a delay or it's not, God, help us not to doubt the character, the nature, the integrity of your word, of your, of your heart. Help us not to put you to the test by questioning things like, are you with us or not? Or are you going to do this or not? But just thank you, God. You are faithful to your word, to carry it out, I'm sorry, to carry it out to completion. You watch over your word to carry it out to completion. So God, I just bless each of your children here. Thank you for them. Help us to fight the good fight of faith. In Jesus' name, amen.
Amen. God bless you guys. Love you. You are dismissed.